0: Thank you for joining us for this week's broadcast of A Word from the Lord. Today, Dr. Beach brings us his message entitled, A Time of Expectation and Preparation. It was delivered last December at the beginning of Advent. But before we get started, here is a recap of The Discipline of Giving, Part 2. Edward Bach tells the
1: story of two men who were working their way through college at Sanford University. And when their funds got really low... They came up with an idea. They were trying to figure out how to make money. They came up with an idea to sponsor a concert of a pianist named Petroski. Now, any profits made from this concert would be devoted to their tuition and and their living expenses. Well, the great pianist manager asked for a guarantee of $2,000 for the concert. So they worked very hard, had their concert, but they only made $1,600. So they gave him all of the $1,600 with a, with a promissory note saying they would pay the remainder and would send it to him at the earliest possible moment. No, Petroski replied, that won't do. And he tore up the note. He gave back the $1,600 to the two students saying, now look, go pay your expenses, take 10% out for your efforts, and then just give me the rest. Well, many years later... Petroszky became the premier of Poland. And World War I came along with all its devastation, and he was doing all he could do to feed the people of Poland. Literally thousands upon thousands were starving to death. Things were bleak, and it looked like thousands of his people were going to die. And then suddenly, tons of food began rolling into Poland, enough for all the people to be fed. Well, later, Petroski traveled to Paris to meet with and thank President Herbert Huber for sending the food. The president's reply was this. He said, that's all right. Besides, you don't remember it, but you helped me once when I was a college student, and I was in a deep hole. Generosity. Generosity. You reap what you sow. You never know when that kind deed, when that little bit of money, when that kind word, that forgiving attitude will be returned to you in the way in which you were generous. Generosity. Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Generosity. Am I being generous or being spared? Lord give me a spirit of generosity. I think I've shared this story with you before, but it's 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 a vivid image, so I want to share it with you again. In nineteen oh one, the steamship the Islander set sail from Skagway, Alaska. It was in the midst of the Klondike Gold Rush, and the Islander was taking passengers back from Alaska to Victoria, British Columbia. So at 7:30 in the evening, she set sail with 180 passengers and crew. And she was loaded with gold, which many passengers had found in all their prospecting efforts. They'd made it big and they were headed back. One report said that there was over $3 million in gold on board. That was in 1901 dollars. About 2 a.m. in the morning, the ship hit an iceberg or an uncharted rock creating a gaping hole in the side of the ship. In 20 minutes, the ship sunk, killing more than half of the passengers and the crew. Some eyewitness accounts said that panic ensued, that many men rushed by women and children, knocking them out of the way so that they could get a lifeboat. And then some lifeboats were launched with only 20% capacity filled. Those with gold on board lined up at the bursar's office trying to get their gold. Most were still in line as the ship sunk, taking them to their doom. Others, it was said, tried to load their pockets and clothes with gold before jumping in to swim to a nearby island. Yet needless to say, the weight of the gold took them to the bottom. I think that's a perfect sad picture of what is happening to us in this materialistic world in which we live. We Christians are loading our pockets with gold thinking that we're going to get some kind of benefit and it's taking us to the bottom spiritually because we're not being generous people. I mean, what would you have done in that situation? What would you have done? You know, I... I'm not a very generous person. (laughs) I need the Holy Spirit's power working in me to be generous. I don't consider myself an expert on generosity. Actually, just the opposite. Because it's the way I've been programmed. But I have found that when I am generous, everything in my world changes. And for those brief moments, I have a victory over this materialism that's just crept in on all of us. Lord, give me a spirit of generosity. Lord, give us a spirit of generosity. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Here again is Dr. Beach with today's Advent message, A Time of Expectation and Preparation.
1: Jesus said in John 16, 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you shall have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, Happy New Year. (laughs) I know it's not the calendar New Year, but it's the liturgical New Year. And each year in the church cycle, we begin with the season of Advent, and we go through a whole year of remembering and celebrating the works and acts of Jesus and specific aspects of His teaching. Now, the season of Advent reminds us and focuses on the coming of Christ, thus the name Advent. But the season begins by focusing on His second coming, when He's going to come again to judge the living and the dead. And then there's a transition to to when we prepare for the celebration and remembrance of His first coming. So in today's reading on this first Sunday of Advent, we hear encouragement from uh, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 3, about living godly lives, quote, "...until our Lord Jesus Christ comes with His holy ones." And the gospel passage from Luke 21 gives us some of Jesus' words regarding his last days, the time before he returns to earth. In Luke 21, verses 25 and 26, we find this. He says, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea men will faint from terror apprehensive of what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken now we could go through all kind of signs and i've done that in other sermons and we're not going to do that today i just want to highlight a few of the things that he says will happen because pretty much this describes our world today it's amazing to see what's happening first of all violence all over the world Countries in Europe and the Middle East are constantly in the news about the violence and the uprisings that are happening. Just two weeks ago, we nearly had a major world war with numerous countries involved as hundreds of missiles were being sent into Israel. We see terrorist bombs going off killing unsuspected innocent people while they're going about their daily activities. Just according to last month, according to the Israeli Security Agency, There were 166 terrorist attacks in October. Just October, up from 91 in September. And that's not including ones which were foiled, like the one in New York City on October 18th when a man was caught planning to detonate a 1,000-pound bomb at the Federal Reserve Building right in the heart of New York's financial district. Then we see in this text the roaring and tossing of the sea. And then there's prophecies about other weather issues. When I hear the roaring and tossing of the sea, I immediately think hurricane. And what just happened? Sandy. Meteorologists said they've never seen a storm like that, ever. We're still learning about the devastation and havoc that it has brought to the northeastern United States. And then there are the droughts. According to NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, at the end of October... Just a few weeks ago. At the end of October, over 60% of the continental United States was experiencing moderate to exceptional drought. According to the United Nations, because of the record heat and drought here in the United States, food supplies are at record lows, and they're predicting serious food and water shortages around the world in 2013. Economically, I mean, we could spend a lot of time here but only to say we still have massive unemployment in our country, in our state, and many people in our congregation are without work. Our government continues to overspend billions of dollars every day with no end in sight. And this fiscal cliff our leaders are talking about is really a mirage of a real fiscal cliff we'll all be facing when the money runs out. And then just added to the, those are just some of the real world problems. We have all the speculators who point out the end of the world is coming. For example, the Mayan calendar ends on December 21st. You've you've heard about that. You know, they have this, and it just comes to an end. So people are saying that that's going to be it. I was wondering what time zone they are in. You know, I just (laughs) want to... We have those who are predicting devastating solar flares... We have those who are predicting the shifting of the earth's poles that it's actually in process. And when the North Pole becomes the South Pole and the South Pole becomes the North Pole, the the havoc it's going to reap on the earth. We have those who are predicting an apocalypse for all the people of the earth like we've never seen before. Now we could go on and on with that kind of thing. And we need to pay attention to it. But Advent reminds us that Jesus is coming back. Now we're not told when... And we're told some of the signs that we're to be aware of, but most importantly, we're told how to be ready. And that's what I want to focus on. Verse 34 of the text this morning. Jesus says, Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth, Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. So, what does Jesus say here? First thing I think he wants us to to hear this morning is watch your hearts. Verse 34 Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. Watch your hearts dissipation that's indulgence indulgence and most of the time we think of that in terms of moral indulgence but you can indulge in other things like things and activities dissipation drunkenness and the anxieties of life doesn't this describe too many people in our culture today indulging drunkenness anxious. And as believers in Jesus, we can allow the world to sweep over us as well. It's so easy to happen. And that's why Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 3.13, May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus Christ comes with his holy ones. So, how's your heart? Watch it. That is your Attitude your thinking, your heart, what you love, where you place your priorities. Watch your heart. The second thing here is pay attention, verse 35. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch. Know what's going on. Be aware. Pay attention. You know, with the lives that we all live, Going nonstop all day with our jobs, our family responsibilities, ministry responsibilities, our play toys. You could live oblivious to what is going on around you and miss the Holy Spirit's leading in your life. Pay attention. Watch. Look. And then the third thing he says in verse 36. Pray. And pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen And that you may be able to stand before the Lord. Pray, pray that you may be able to escape, to get away, to get out of it, to get out of what's coming on the earth. Pray, he says, that you may be able to escape it, so that you may stand before the Son of Man. I always think when I'm gonna encounter him, I'm gonna be on my face because he's so awesome. He says, pray here that you may be able to escape, so you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. You know, another thing about praying, when you're praying, part of praying is listening. Listening to the Lord, and He speaks, and He guides. And so if we're praying, it helps us to pay attention to what is going on, and to be able to respond appropriately. So watch your hearts, pay attention, pray. Now, question. Are we told anywhere in the Gospels or the epistles that we should stop working while we wait? Are we told to stop ministering while we wait? Are we told to stop growing the church while we wait? Are we told anywhere that we're to stop giving while we wait? Are we told that we're to stop praying for people to be healed or praying for people's needs while we wait? Actually, it's quite the opposite. So the fourth thing I want to share with you this morning on this first Sunday of Advent is keep on working. Keep on doing what God has asked you to do. Matthew 25 is another one of these chapters where Jesus is talking about the end times. and He gives these parables. And one's the parable of the ten virgins. And you may remember that they had their lamps and some didn't fill their lamps and it ran out. And, and the whole gist of that is to keep your lamp burning, to keep on filled with the Holy Spirit, doing God's work so that when He comes, He won't find you doing nothing. Then there's the parable of the tenants. I'm sorry, the talents. Not the tenants. the talents. The tenants is another one. That's actually a, that's a good one. But those talents, he talks about he gives all the talents and usually we hear that in the sense of stewardship sermons and one gets 10 and one gets five and one gets one and you remember the 10 made his work and the five made his work and the one did what? Put it in the ground. Right, and we usually, talk, and he talks about you could at least put it in the bank and earn interest on it, that sort of thing. But you just think of talent a minute. It's a gift. It's your gifting. It's how you've been empowered to minister. He's given each of us the ability to do ministry. Whether that's with financial resources or other resources. And what he's saying here is, is don't be doing nothing. Keep on working because he's coming back. And when he comes back, he wants to find us using our talents. And then there's the sheep and the goats in that chapter. You remember the sheep and the goats? On one side are the sheep, the other side are the goats. And the sheep are the ones who fed the hungry, clothed the naked, healed the sick, visited the prisoners. All things to do. All things that we're supposed to be doing, working. Jesus never taught that his work should come to a standstill. He taught that we should keep our hands to the plow and keep on doing what he asked. Like those workers on Nehemiah's wall in the time of Nehemiah when they were rebuilding the wall and they had one hand on the trowel building the wall. And the other hand, they had their sword. They weren't oblivious to what was going on around them, but they didn't allow it to keep them from the tasks they have been called to do. So I think God wants us to hear something today, personally and individually, as a congregation. I think he wants us to hear, first of all, personally. We have life events that happen to us cultural things that happen to us, economic events that happen to us, which are engaging us on every level. And they make us exhausted, they make us afraid, and they make us anxious. And they make us want to ask the question, how am I going to get through this so I can face tomorrow? And what God is saying to you and me is, I am with you, do not give up. Watch your heart, pay attention, and pray. I will give you the strength to do my work. I will come to your aid. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't stop working and doing your ministry. It's so easy to get so distressed with all that stuff. Secondly, as a congregation, we can see the hurting and the needy all around us and among us. And we're helping many each week. We see the joblessness, the bankruptcies. All of us see the political turmoil and the economic uncertainty. But does that mean we should put the brakes on what God is calling us to do? Does that mean we should stop trying to move forward with the vision God has given us as a congregation? When the Lord returns, my hope is that he will find Holy Cross as a congregation at work for him, seeking to reach the lost, healing the sick, expanding the kingdom of God as he leads through the power of his spirit. The Advent message of the coming of the Lord should motivate us even more to do all we can to reach those who do not know Jesus Christ. Advent is here. Watch your heart. Pay attention pray, but don't stop doing the work of the kingdom. Jesus said in John 16, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen.
2: Hi, this is Foley Beach, and I want to thank you for listening to a word from the Lord. I'm so grateful that we have this privilege of bringing the Word of God to you. If you're listening today and the Lord is speaking to your heart, the Lord is is drawing you to Him. I want to invite you to open yourself to Him, to open your heart, to invite Him to come and and live in your life. It's really a simple prayer Uh, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are the Lord. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I've messed up, and I ask your forgiveness. And Lord Jesus, I want you to come and live in my life. So I invite you. I open myself to you. Come and indwell me in your presence. It's not a difficult prayer, but it has to be a sincere prayer. It has to be something that you intend to do and follow up on. And perhaps I'm speaking to somebody as well today who is a believer, And you're not where God wants you to be. Are you strayed off the path? Are you living in disobedience or in sin right now and you know it's wrong? Or he's asked you to do something and, and you refuse to do it? Why not today say, yes, Lord? Why not today do what he wants you to do? Or stop doing what he doesn't want you to do? And get your life right to him. Life's too short. It goes by so quick. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day the Lord wants to speak to you, to bless you, to guide you, to strengthen you. And this is my prayer for you this day. And the whole reason we at a word from the Lord broadcast this radio program is that God might speak into your life, that you might be the person He's called you to be.
0: That was Doctor Beach with today's message. For more information on this message and this ministry, please visit A Word from the Lord. Dot org. There you will find today's sermon and previously aired messages, where you can listen to them again and share them with friends and family. A Word from the Lord also has audio archives of Foley Beach's one-minute radio feature and much more. So visit A Word awordfromthelord.org for audio, articles, and information about the ministry. You can also find us on Facebook, and be sure to click the like button to follow our feed. Also, you can visit Foley's blog at bishopfoleybeach.blogspot.com. On the blog, you can read the many articles posted by Dr. Beach. Many of these blog entries are excerpts and full articles published in local publications. Again, his blog address is bishopfoleybeach.blogspot.com. And for those of you who love Twitter and to tweet, you can follow Foley on Twitter. His Twitter address is twitter.com at Foley Beach. That's twitter.com at Foley Beach. If you have any comments or questions about the program, you can contact Dr. Beach by email at Foley Beach at a word from the Lord. Again, his email address is Foley Beach at a word from the Lord.org. For those of you who don't use Facebook, Twitter, or email, you can still contact him by mail. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 636 Monroe, Georgia, Three zero six five five. Again, our mailing address is P.O. Box six three six, Monroe, Georgia, three zero six five five. Whether you send us an email or write to us, we'd love to hear from you. A word from the Lord is made possible by God's grace through the continued prayers and loving financial support from you, and we thank you for the opportunity to spread the hope of the gospel of Christ through this ministry. Join us here again for the next broadcast for Dr. Beach and everyone here at A Word from the Lord. It is our prayer that you would be seeking a word from the Lord.